BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. This is going to be an amazing episode, Connor. They always so are, well, but... yeah, but this is, you know, they're generally A's or A-minuses. This is going to be A+. Plus. Or as Ralphie got in A Christmas Story, A+. Plus, 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 plus Ten plus, more, plus. right? Yeah. Because that was just a dream sequence. That's so true. I don't know that we can say that's real. The dream well, the whole movie is not real. The dream sequences are the most real part of any movie because they show us what the character really, really wants. Oh. Instead of boring reality, who cares what actually transpired? So you're saying we should have a movie review podcast starring Connor, Connor Oaks. Yes. Right. So we're going to talk today about celebrities. Why can't they just get along, to quote Rodney King? Amber Heard, Johnny Depp can't get along. A lot of celebrities are at each other's throats. Uh, Black China is suing your law school classmate, Rob <laughs> Kardashian. Exactly. We'll explain that cryptic reference. Uh, and finally, should Marjorie Taylor Greene be barred from running for Congress? It's going on right now. The Georgia Congresswoman may be bounced out. We'll see. Uh, we're also going to be uh, talking about uh, whether Jerry West has a case against uh, the Showtime movie about the Lakers. Uh, so we're gonna, before we get to these big questions, a uh, little preview of the two special features at the end of the podcast. Uh, first, Guess the Verdict, America's favorite game show. I'm going to give uh, Connor the facts of a real-life case, and he gets to guess the outcome. Today, would you dine at a place called Murder Burger? Murder Burger. That's, That's brilliant. That's what Connor's going to have yeah, to deal with. Of course with. I would. And finally, we're going to have our new feature, Stories I'd Tell My Friends If I Had Any. To clarify, I have several stories. And today, I'm going to talk about my brush with the sexiest man alive. So, that is at the very end of the show, just in case oh, people... Oh, stop. Yeah, in case people want to stick around to the end. You know, <laughs> we kind of veer off the rails and stop talking about the legal stuff. All right, uh, before we get to the top three stories, a couple of fun human interest items uh, this week. You know Jack Dorsey, the guy with the great beard, Connor? Oh, yeah. Fantastic uh, like beard. A, like a ZZ Top gone wild yeah, it's, beard. I, I think he like saw a uh, sort of a, a, a spiritualist of some kind who told him, hey, get that Ever beard Have you shaved going. your beard? That's, people think you're smart if you have a really long beard. 
So he founds Twitter, he moves on to a financial services company called Square, and the news this week is Square is changing its name to Block. I don't know if that's for blockchain or, or what, Probably. but whatever it is, it Block is the new name of this big company. It's like a square, but more dimensions. Yeah. And Jack Dorsey, with his uh, beard uh, shoved up, he has decided <laughs> he wants to change his title from CEO. Uh-huh. Of Block to the head of Block. So he wants to be known as Blockhead. The Blockhead. Yeah. Now you tell me, Connor, does this guy, is he aware of the fact that if you go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary and look up Blockhead, it really will say stupid person? That's a really good question. Or it's just a mistake maybe, on his part? Maybe we should Intentionally him, he's doing this? We should tweet at him and find out what he thinks. Oh, I like that. That I would think, be irony. I'm sure. Irony he, on steroids. I'm sure he's uninstalled Twitter from his phone. So here's a clue. He has said in the past, he actually tweeted this. Naturally. Titles in companies are bad. He, he, say they get, he says they get in the way of doing the right thing. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. How I do mean, titles get in the way? Connor, if you're working for a company, they might say, we're going to give you a raise, you'll work harder. We're going to give you a big office, you'll work harder. Right. We'll give you a car. We'll give you a title. Yeah. Why is it different from any other incentive to do really, really good work? Great question. Yeah. I don't think it is. I think that it's it, people, what he's trying to convey and the generous interpretation of it is is this sort of tech world, uh, Silicon Valley, all about agility, not about structure. You don't have to have a CFO and a CTO and a CEO. You don't have to have members of the board. That just do, do the X, right y, thing. You need people that see themselves as just kind of problem solvers, members of a team who show up. They're not in- intimidated by, well, I can't question him. He's the CEO. I can't, you know... Uh, I, I, I will get stuck in the idea that I'm all I'm, all I'm doing is administration that. instead and, of implementation. And, and an analogy comes to my mind of the fact that in some cultures, uh, people are so deferential to the bosses or the yeah. titles that everybody winds up dead, as in like co-pilots right. in some cultures in the world in the will past, not yeah. say to the pilot, uh, sir, we're about to fly into the mountain. They literally will let everybody die it happened, before yeah. they will challenge it. It's a very famous yeah. flight where that, that, yeah, that happened, that yeah. crashed. The co-pilot probably knew and, and just didn't want to say something. And here, yet, so, right? really, titles, I mean, isn't it inevitable? You're going to have stratification of people in yeah. companies. Yeah, of course. But maybe you put a, uh, make it, take, make light of it. Maybe you are the blockhead so that everybody sort of knows that you're head of the company so because they have to. But at the same time, they think Ah, oh, he's not taking this too uh, seriously. It's not letting it go so. to his head. Speaking of making light, let's move to our second human interest item. The sun. Tucker, Tucker oh. Carlson, in a way, Tucker Carlson wants you to tan your testicles. <laughs> Have you heard about this? Yes, so, I did. So uh, are you a man worried about your testosterone levels? Always. Hoping to give them a boost? Tucker Carlson oh, no, has a solution. Too high. So there's a promotional video for uh, a new series by him uh, talking about the total collapse of tre- to, uh, testosterone levels in American men. With an explanation for what he and a lot of people see as a creeping loss of masculinity in today's society. It, this uh, chock full of oiled, shirtless men performing vaguely masculine tasks like turning over giant tires and throwing a javelin. Those aren't it's a great Those video. are definitely masculine. Yeah, I watched the video. It was so manly. Really? So um, <laughs> the thing is, some people, a uh, leading endocrinologist says uh, the whole thing's ridiculous, but some people are saying if you have light therapy uh, on 
the family jewels right. is somehow going to make you more manly. You think right. this is going to spread and be a, a big deal? Sure. I, I mean, if Tucker says it, people are going to do it. That's not a question. I mean, the, the real issue is- I wonder if always... Chris Wallace will do it to try to get back <laughs> into the Fox yeah. family. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Don't you feel bad for Chris Wallace? Because, oh. you know, he moved from Fox to CNN Plus. Yeah, yeah. And after like two months, CNN Plus folded its tent to, this week. You know that $300 million? I, I put it down somewhere around. We were going to yeah. use it to build a, a 24-hour news streaming service that called CNN Plus. And, and you gave it to me, and I was like- Okay, so we got $300 million. It's in a big pile. What are we going to do with it? Uh, and then, you know, gosh darn it, I think I might have put it somewhere and locked bet, up and lost I it. I bet Chris Wallace is smart enough to have gotten a contract that says he gets paid his $10 million or Absolutely. whatever he has. It got whether or not. So he's lasts. on a little sabbatical. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, now uh, next, the White House, uh, we finally know, Connor, who's pulling the strings for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. This is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um uh, on Easter, a uh, week ago, um, there was an Easter egg roll for the kids at the White House, of course, per tradition. A staffer was dressed in an Easter bunny costume, a very good costume with giant uh, ears. This staffer intervened when Biden was at the rope line answering a reporter's question about Afghanistan. He was mm-hmm. in the middle of the answer when the yeah. bunny comes up, starts waving her arms in front of him, jumping up and down happily yeah, yeah, yeah. and taking him by the shoulder and leading him away. Yeah. And so he stopped. Yeah. He was taken away right. to blow a whistle to start some sort of egg race. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Turns out the staffer inside the bunny costume was the head of communications who... That's who I would put uh, in the bunny. Uh, according to unhappy reporters in the White House press pool, she's responsible for basically cutting him off, turning off his microphone, yeah. making him unavailable. Doesn't this at long last make you a little concerned, Connor, that, that our chief executive is being led away from the press it's by an Easter bunny? The complete opposite. The, the, it actually it inspires me that, that, that Joe Biden is so dedicated to transparency and, and, and talking policy that even at an Easter egg hunt, he lets himself get dragged. All he has to do is be like, oh, I'm in an Easter egg hunt, so I can't talk right now. Instead, he lets himself get dragged to the velvet rope and starts answering questions, policy questions about Afghanistan. And won't and 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 it has to be dragged away by the so Easter substantive bunny. and so dedicated yeah. to a full exposition of his exactly. Years. Oh, that makes me feel better, Connor. Great. I'm buying your I'm explanation. Glad. Yeah. Finally, finally, let's talk Mike Tyson, um, Ooh, yeah, former world champion boxing. He did do three years in prison for rape, uh, so he certainly doesn't have an unsullied um, track record. Right. But was it really fair what happened to Mike today in the airplane? He's sitting in the plane on the tarmac, getting ready to go, I think, from San Francisco to Florida. Yeah, flying and, jet blue like a regular human. Yeah, And, of course, people are talking to him. And, you know, as you can imagine, especially, you know, fight fans, they'd probably go nuts if they saw Mike Tyson. Well, apparently there's... Hard to hide as Mike Tyson, especially with the face tattoos. tattoos, uh, tattoos. So the guy who was bugging him, trying to get selfies, was a total moron, total creep. This is, of course, all on video because instantly when anything happens on a plane, whether it has to do with Mike Tyson or, or, you know, uh, Belinda down the street, you're going to go on YouTube. But... Mike Tyson finally got tired of this guy. Apparently, the guy allegedly threw a water bottle at Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. But instead of reporting him or you know asking him more strenuously to stuff, Mike goes medieval on his hiney. He starts pounding him. He just he's hitting him all over the head. Yeah. And so Mike decides, all right, I'm not taking this flight. So he's gone. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think you sit back down after that. Yeah. So what do we think? I mean, after Will Smith and everybody's you know sermonizing about violence and toxic masculinity, and yet if you see the video, Connor, you cannot. Help, but a little bit feel for Mike Tyson and kind of root for him in, in against this 
total idiot. Yeah. But do you think at the end of the day, we just have to say, hey, Mike, you know, this is really inexcusable. And yeah, you should probably do a year or two in prison for battery. I mean, yeah, it, it's obviously inexcusable to resort to violence in a situation where I initially heard this story where the guy was harassing him. You you hear uh, you know, celebrity uh, being attacked, water bottle thrown at him and, and is being harassed on a plane, right? Right. Okay. If a guy instigates a fight with physical contact before you and you're trapped on an airplane and for whatever reason, some period of time transpires such that the stewardesses and stewards are not duct taping this guy to his seat, then this becomes a self-defense issue. Now, yeah, if the guy had punched Mike, then right. I think people would say, yeah, Mike has a right to fight back. You know, this would be fun. I'd pay to see it. Right? right. But if he just threw the water bottle and just was a total pest yeah. nattering at him, maybe very few people would say it's justified for Mike to use fisticuffs. Yeah. Apparently, the guy was extremely intoxicated and wouldn't stop provo- provoking the, the boxer. The, right. the question is, uh, what does that mean? There's a, a, a fine line here between uh, this guy being aggressive, allowed, uh, annoying, and provoking someone, making Mike Tyson unhappy. Uh, that doesn't authorize you to uh, to hit him, right? That doesn't authorize you to use, use physical force. It authorizes you to to get up out of your seat and walk over to the stewards and say, you got to get this unruly passenger who right. won't leave me alone off the plane. He threw a water bottle at me. Arrest him for battery. Call the police right now. That would work. He's Mike Tyson. Yeah. They'd listen to but him. But we know from the Will Smith situation that unless serious injury is inflicted during the course of a battery, it is only a misdemeanor, not a felony. The mm-hmm. significance yeah. being only a year in jail uh, uh, max, right. as opposed to a felony being uh, a year or more in state prison. Yeah, so, so who knows? I, there'll be a civil suit probably. But frankly, I you know, I think the jury's going to see that video and I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if the jury goes for Mike Tyson because this guy is so unlikable. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the other issue that a jury is going to take into account that the law doesn't take into account, the, the law is deficient in this area, and that is uh, people think of Mike Tyson very differently than they think of Nicolas Cage. If Nicolas Cage was on a, a plane and people were harassing him and getting in his face and being aggressive and he snapped uh, and, and went crazy and started punching the guys, people are going to think, wow, Nicolas Cage went crazy. Mike Tyson's already crazy. He's yeah. always been crazy. <laughs> right. So if you start aggravating, provoking, throw a water Plus, physical bottle, violence is something he's very comfortable right. with at a professional and right. legal level. If, you throw, if I were to throw a water bottle at Nicolas Cage, there's yeah. no reasonable expectation that he would smack me. If I throw a water bottle at, at, at Mike Tyson, I'm lucky to get out alive. Right. So like right. the jury's going to look at this and say, <laughs> say to this guy, what did you think was going to yeah. happen? He's a du- double moron. Hey, when we come back, we will talk about why celebrities just can't get along Long. We're going to talk about Black China suing uh, Connor's law school classmate Rob Kardashian and Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. But first, Connor is going to tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Lawyers. Yeah, so head to your podcast platform of choice. That's probably Apple Podcasts, but it might be any other like Stitcher or Spotify. And uh, check us out on our page. Make sure you click the join or subscribe button to make sure that you get pushed the episodes every week so you don't have to go remember to get them. Um, So turn on your push notifications uh, and sign up. And if you like us, then leave us a little comment uh, rating us and saying how great we are. And if you don't like us, first of all, why are you listening? Second of all, don't leave us a review. Uh, Just keep that to yourself. (laughs) We'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roy Lopes. And I'm Connor Oates. So, why can't celebrities get along, to quote Rodney King? Um, gosh, some famous folks in court this week. we got Black China suing Rob Kardashian. you got Johnny Depp suing Amber Heard. Let's talk about Black China, first of all. Now, I joked about this. Rob Kardashian, a brother of the famous Kardashian sisters, uh, didn't actually go to USC Law School, but when you were about to go to law yeah, school, apparently so, there was a rumor. Uh, so, he came out and said he was going to go. Yeah, it wasn't just an unsubstantiated rumor. They all, I mean, you know, if you're going to a school, He's the people, guy saying it. Yeah, some people might say, oh, I think some celebrity's going to be at school with us. Sure, that might happen. That's pretty normal. I'm, I'm sure that probably happens with, especially in Los Angeles schools. But I'm, this is 2013. I'm uh, signed up, you know, uh, and uh, enrolled in, in USC Law School. I've, I've taken the LSAT. Uh, I, I pass it. You, you apply to these schools. You don't pass the LSAT, but you know what I mean? It, you got a score. I, I got a score, right? I, I took it. Good I enough got to get into USC Law School. Uh, yeah, you apply to the schools. You pass through that process. I get into USC Law School. Uh, it's a multi-year process. And, and you know, you join these student groups, uh, these like Facebook groups before you for incoming students, right? And uh, I see plastered all over these incoming student groups for 2013, uh, uh, 1Ls, uh, first year law students, this tweet from Rob Kardashian, the son in the, you know, Kardashian empire, mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian's what brother, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Robert uh, Kardashian was the, was the friend of OJ Simpson, right. who, who passed away years ago. The OJ, he was a lawyer for OJ Simpson, right. and uh, and so there's the and he, well, I believe he went to USC Law. It's this this legacy, um, and then you know Kim K now of course is 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 on the way to becoming a lawyer at some point. She'll eventually do that, I guess, uh, not by going to school, but uh, but uh, I can see her drafting interrogatories in the law library at midnight. Yeah, 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 yeah mm. for sure. Um, and uh, and so it makes total sense that Rob Kardashian, who uh, was a, a sock mogul at the time, had a line of men's socks, uh, would go to law school. So he announces on Twitter that he'll be attending USC Law in the fall. And this is right when everyone's getting their acceptances and joining Facebook groups and stuff, right? So everybody's, oh, my God. This is long before Rob, Varsity Blues. Rob Kardashian yeah. got into USC Law School and it is, you know, going to join us this year as a 1L. Like, I'm going to look over and see, like, what, we're going to have cameras in the in the law, in the classroom? And you're figuring after a month or so of hanging out, you're going to be at a pool party with Kim. Oh, yeah. Kylie. Sure. Absolutely. And Chloe. Yeah. And the well, rest good, of them. Good name. Well, well oh, done. That's yeah. really good. Well, everybody knows. So, uh, everybody's freaking out. There's pan- they're, everybody's panicking. Half the people are split. People are going to be saying things like, oh, my God, it's going to ruin the entire thing. There's going to be cameras everywhere. It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be paparazzi. We're going to be miserable. Uh, uh, and other people are are saying, "Oh my God, I might be on TV in the background." Fantastic, it's so fantastic. And uh, uh, then uh, it turns out 
None of that's true. Didn't say he wasn't in school at all. He didn't even take the LSAT. He didn't even apply maybe to he the said school this as a goof. That, that's my theory. He was I, just, it was just a big it, joke. Maybe it was April first, and I didn't check. So, but he, this—that's the, the thing. These people are so disconnected from reality. They think they could just tweet at a law school and be like. <laughs> I'll be attending your school in the fall, and yeah, the school well, will be like, I don't care about well, they may not be or grades they, or applications they may be or anything. Di- Come on in, They Rob. may be disconnected from reality, Connor. They're not disconnected from money. That's okay, true. Okay, because they're That's really true. rich. Now, Rob Kardashian may think that uh, he should have gone to law school, not because he's been sued. So here's the deal. Black China has sued him. Now, first, why can't she spell her name right? It's B-L-A-C-C-H-Y-N-A. Uh-huh. It, it's a made-up name. Her real name is Angela White. She was a stripper. All um, names were made up. And then she had, that's true, and she had a relationship with uh, Rob Kardashian. She was a fiance for a while. Uh, also, she hung out with the rapper Tyga, T-Y-G-A. I think he misspelled his name as well. But, yeah, you he's know, actually that, a so Arctic, he's an Arctic uh, sort of high altitude tundra. Really? Um, yes, but he decided to spell it wrong so that he'd become a person again. Now, when you say he's a high altitude tundra, I'm not following it. The word Tyga T-A-I-G-A means a high-altitude frozen oh. tundra. Oh, it's well, a, he spelled, like yeah. a, he, so he spells it T-Y-G-A. Yeah, yeah, it's totally different. So anyway, <laughs> the deal is she's suing uh, uh, Rob Kardashian and also uh, the family members, Kylie Jenner and Kris Jenner. Uh, allegedly, uh, the family lied about Black China, said she was guilty of physical abuse, hurt her career as a social media influencer and reality star, and led the uh, E! Entertainment uh, Network to cancel Rob and China. Uh, so the these are the allegations, uh, you know, she, uh, in 2016, the allegation against her is that she was with Rob Kardashian. She wrapped an iPhone cord around his neck and pointed a gun at his head sure. while he was video chatting with a friend. Yeah, that makes and sense. She, her, she, her response is, well, it was, it was just silly. It was just a jo- joke. She'd never shoot anybody. Oh, that's silly. Pointing, pointing a gun yeah. at somebody. Just, you're confident that, that it's not yeah. going to tell it to Alec, Alec Baldwin, right? So the, the point is, yeah, I, she says they're, they slut-shamed me. Rob posted revenge porn of China online. The, the funny part of this to me was they're picking a jury in Judge Gregory Alarcon's courtroom in downtown Los Angeles in the mosque building. And one of the jurors is being questioned about, well, you know, what do you know about the Kardashians? You know, can you be objective and so on? And he says, well, uh, yeah, you know, I've watched Kim Kardashian's sex tape. I, d- I don't think I can be impartial on this case. I, I think I'd be replaying that sex tape over and over again in my head. So, Buddy, um, I think you're doing that regardless. So you think, Connor, we talked last week about voir dire, jury selection, and jury trials. You think it'd be a good idea to get rid of that guy uh, when he says it might be difficult for him to be impartial? Yeah, I think that uh, I think that um, a guy like that is is is, cla- is stating just out in the open that he is, you know, uh, influenced and biased and can't separate himself from these people's public personas and their history and their gossip and everything else. And he's he's right. I mean, that by by saying that he's proven and probably is correct. I mean, that that's not the sort of person who can pull back and be sort of calculating and understand the law and understand how it applies to these facts and really be uh, straightforward about this. This is somebody who's just going to either thrive on the gossip or hate the gossip or whatever else. One way or another, he's going to be biased. So Black China is suing for 40 million bucks in lost earnings uh, to date and more than 60 million in future earnings. That's fair. Uh, and by the way, she shares a, a five-year-old daughter with Rob Kardashian. You know what they named the five-year-old daughter? Oh, what? Dream. Oh. Dream. Dream. What? You know, is Betty Sue out of the question here? Why would you name somebody Dream? 
Is that? I mean, I should talk. Um, you know, Royal's a bit of a tough. Your name hand, is Royal Forest Oaks. Yeah, to carry around, but dream. I mean, dream. come on. Yeah. All right, part two in celebrities who just can't get along: Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. So they were married. In 2016, uh, she claims Johnny threw a phone at her. He denies it. Uh, Washington Post op-ed by Amber uh, four years ago said she's a victim of domestic abuse. Interestingly, Connor, she did not mention Johnny Depp's name. She just said what she said there. And he sued her for defamation, saying, well, everybody knows she was talking about me. Interestingly, he had he's lost already once in the United Kingdom, suing her for, uh, right. for defamation. Right. And uh, so... Now he's suing her again in a Virginia state court uh, saying she cost him a Pirates of Caribbean job uh, on the stand. He said, I'd be a real simpleton to not think her words impacted my career, even if she didn't mention my name. I've been talking about this this case a bit this week, and, and I guess my take, I'd be interested in yours, is I think it's really stupid for him to file a suit, which is going to be a highlights reel of all the bad stuff he's done. Yes. And the highlights reel of bad stuff Johnny Depp has done is, is more like a feature film that's so long you need an intermission, okay? Right. right. Uh, he has said in a bunch of texts that he admits headbutting her. He admits having uh, alcohol and drug issues where he, he'd been blacking out, even though in court now he's denying having those. And he told a pal, you know, I'd like to kill Amber, burn her body, and then have sex with the body. Now, how do you think the jury is going to feel when they hear that? You they think they're going to like and say, yeah. want to go out and buy a ticket to another Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow movie? No. This is a disaster for him. So it, it is a disaster for him to have all this dirty laundry aired, but it is. The more that the that he tells his side, he already starts in such an incredibly large hole because <laughs> she uh, wrote this because she wrote this exact piece, this exact uh, you know story, news story, and not news story, newspaper uh, column thing, feature, whatever it was called. I guess you'd call it an opinion column where she talked about being the victim of domestic uh, abuse and described. Uh, bad things being done and everyone knew that it, it was about Johnny Depp and as a result of that his and the result of the leaked video where he's drunk and like, punching cabinets and yelling and you know, he's clearly uh, out of his mind uh, in the morning on on some combination of substances it, it looks terrible right that was the death knell for John, uh, for Johnny Depp's reputation and now you still talk to people and they say oh yeah didn't he beat up his wife isn't he terrible isn't he a drunk isn't he a loser this is an opportunity for him to climb out of that hole so yeah if he didn't start so far in the you know buried deep in the ground he and his lawyers i'm sure would say let's just walk away from this whole scenario hope people forget it and hope it blows over and we move on but because he so starts so far in the negative no press can really be bad for him at this point, I think. And his goal is simply to say, look, she was actually the really terrible one. And if he even gets the court of public opinion to the point of saying they're both bad people and we're terrible to each other, that's a huge win for him. So right. it, he's so far behind. So I think he's going to accomplish that goal. I don't think he's going to come out of this looking squeaky clean. But I think that the uh, the 
you know, the videotape of him on the stand, such an incredibly personable and likable guy, such a charismatic guy. Um, I've been enjoying watching him uh, on the stand. I, I think that, you know, he's doing a good, acquitting himself well. Well, in, it's a tale of two cities uh, under direct examination, friendly questions from his lawyer. I agree. He has come across very well, mm-hmm. a very well-spoken, interesting guy, as you say, charismatic. He's a big movie star. Yeah. Cross-examination's been a little rough. I've enjoyed the cross-examination portion. <laughs> well, he hasn't. <laughs> um, I, I, I've really liked uh watching uh, not not actually this wasn't mostly on cross this was on direct but i've enjoyed him uh learning what hearsay is <laughs> he started <laughs> slowly lesson. okay yeah so started slowly to to uh you know he would say things like well uh this person said to me that's mm-hmm. hearsay right this person said to me and as he starts to continue the uh, lawyer for the other side uh, objects and says objection your honor hearsay and they stop him from testifying and then it happens again and it happens again and it happens again and he keeps you know every time he tries to talk about um you know what someone else said outside the courtroom at some point uh, he draws a hearsay objection and then at one point there's a great clip where he says well and then so you know I was talking and uh, and she said to me and he stops and he looks over at opposing counsel's table is that okay and he raises his eyebrows he's gonna object <laughs> and then he goes on and continues he says that I was in this drunken state. And then the lawyer goes, objection here, sir. sporting of him to give the guy a chance to object. And, and then, yeah, you know, stupid of the ju- he, lawyer he, not to. Then the lawyer throws up the objection. And then uh, Johnny Depp goes, I thought so. Yeah. Well, funny. <laughs> well, you may be right um, about him, you know, getting the word out about he's a good guy. On the other hand, if he loses this case, which I think he's going to, then it's two losses, two losses on both sides of the pond. Yeah, so, but does you know, anyone even know up. that he lost the case in the UK? Does anyone care about? Hey, the it's in the 18th paragraph of the New York Times story. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Johnny Depp, you know, doesn't get how many million dollars that he wanted from her. All that care, all that matters is the press, the That's coverage, true. and That's he's true. winning in that. Hey, when we come back, does base uh, basketball great Jerry West have a case against the Showtime movie about the Lakers in the 80s with Magic Johnson? And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar will answer that question. when. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Your turn. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So Jerry West was a guard for the Los Angeles Lakers out of West Virginia. He's a West Virginia boy. Always, He's the logo of the NBA when you see the logo. and He's the classic guy, a, a, a basketball representative. And then after his playing career ended, he went into management for the Lakers. So now we have a big movie called Showtime. Winning about, Time. Winning Time. Yes. Uh, maybe it's on Showtime. I'm not sure. I think it is. So uh, they're talking about the the Lakers and Jerry Buss uh, turning them into this uh, gigantic uh, uh, dynasty phenomenon in the 70s. And basketball dynasty, 80s, I think. 
anyway, um, Jerry West is very unhappy because if you've seen uh, some of the episodes, I've seen a few, uh, Jerry West does not come across well. He comes across as a total hothead, drinks too much, uh, throws stuff around, swears incessantly. And so the question is, and now he's hired a lawyer, Skip Miller, a big pit bull lawyer here in Los Angeles. Skip's statement says, Winning time falsely and cruelly portrays Mr. West as an out-of-control, intoxicated rageaholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the question is, and, and they've given uh, two weeks to the movie folks, TV folks, to uh, withdraw it or apologize and say they really blew it. And so this is lining up to be a pretty big fight. And the question is, does an unflattering portrayal of a real person in a movie or a TV show, a dramatization or a biopic or documentary, give that person a right to sue for libel? And there's a very famous case from a few years ago involving Olivia de Havilland, who you'll remember she was one of the actresses in Gone with the Wind back in 1939. Uh, She was portrayed in a movie called Feud, Betty and Joan, about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford hating each other. They were her contemporaries. So she sued FX Network, networks, because allegedly they cast her in a false light and they defamed her. They, they, uh, they lied about her life. And she lost. And, you know, the California Supreme Court refused to get involved in the case. They let the decision stand. U.S. Supreme Court wouldn't get involved. And what the court held was that, yeah, as a public person, you can sometimes win for defamation or libel. But first of all, you have to show that what was done was false. And the court pointed out that viewers know that dramatizations are sometimes fictionalized. There are some imagined things in there. And also, you have to prove by uh, that, that the audience would be highly offended by the conduct that is allegedly your conduct in this movie. And finally, if you're a public person, you have to prove malice, meaning that the movie makers knew they were lying or absolutely didn't care as to whether it was a lie or not. What, what's your expectation, Connor, as to uh, whether Jerry West might have a case here? I think it's hard for him to prove that these rumors about what he did uh, in the 70s and late 70s and early 80s um, were, are not true and that the dramatizations that the, the movie makers crafted aren't based on stories that they heard, um, you know, and it's hard to prove the, the, the facts of anything that happened 50 years ago. This is a guy who's in his 80s now and will be a sympathetic uh, figure because of his, you know, long and you know, incredible career. But he has sort of enemies uh, in the film he's or series or whatever it is he is portrayed as uh, opposing uh, the drafting of magic johnson um uh, over some other player who uh, i don't even know the name of um and uh, you know stepping down um as a result of it uh, he's portrayed as smashing this putter over his knee uh, <laughs> and throwing the nba championship thro- trophy through a window yeah. you know he's this out of control guy and they say these things never happened. But, I mean, how are they going to prove that? That's really hard for I them to say. I think a lot of people are on both sides are going to step up. Witnesses who will say, yeah, he really was a hothead. And I right. wasn't necessarily a witness to this particular violent act. But right. he was really out of control. And there'll be a lot of people saying, oh, Jerry West was wonderful. Yeah. He was absolutely fabulous. And they so, have this high, high bar yeah. that we talk about, you just talked about, about actual malice. And the idea that, you know, they, they really, you know, doing this to hurt him or without regard for how it would hurt him. Instead of, uh, you know, somebody who's a public figure like this is going to be the subject of movies and TV shows sometimes. And they, you know, that people have that expectation and juries look at this and say, well, yeah, you're this super rich, multi, multi millionaire who's, you know, heads uh, heading the Lakers. People are going to talk about you. 
buddy. I'm sorry you signed up for this. And the absence of malice thing is really interesting in law and in pop culture. We've talked about this a little bit on a, on other episodes. Uh, there's a movie involving uh, or starring Sally Field and mm-hmm. Paul Newman called mm-hmm. Absence of Malice. And it's a great phrase. It, yeah, and it phrase. relates to this rule that was set up by the U.S. Supreme Court, I think, in about 1964 in the case of New York Times versus Sullivan. And the, and the court essentially said, uh, as I mentioned a minute ago, yeah, you may sue somebody if they lie about you, defamation, libel, slander, whatever is appropriate. But if the it's a public person, a famous person right. suing, it's harder to win because the court felt it was appropriate partly to protect media interests, reporters, and so on, but also just in general. Anybody speaking about a public person, if that public person wants to win for defamation, they have to absolutely prove that you had malice, you knew you were lying. And that burden does not exist if it's just, right. you know, uh, folks off the street suing each and other. And as we know, the decisions of the Supreme Court are always well thought out and meaningful. And Clarence Thomas and some other of his pals on the court now, we think, are inclined to overturn right. this absence of malice rule. That probably is coming up in the next yeah, several Times months. versus Sullivan is under attack. Yeah, in the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, all right. So next topic, should Marjorie Taylor Greene be barred from running for Congress? So the overview here is that um, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, is this uh, uh, QAnon fan from uh, Congress. She's in, the, she's in the House of Representatives, big, big uh, Trumpster. Uh, she could be barred from running for reelection if she supported an insurrection on January 6th. So why would that be true? Well, the 14th Amendment passed in the wake of the Civil War in the 1860s, or enacted, uh, stated, among many other things, that if you're a member of Congress, and if you engage in an insurrection, you may not run for Congress again. So this is not exactly something that's used all the time. No, we're sort of blowing the dust off of this one a little bit here and trying to figure out how to use a Civil War um, amendment. Look, I mean, it's not like we don't use the 14th Amendment all the time, of course, but the the notion of using this here is a real stretch. It's really, really hard to to start, you know, levying charges of insurrection uh, against the the government against somebody. That's just a really high bar to have to meet. And she testified for three hours uh, in this special investigation, uh, and she basically said nothing. She answered, you know, like. 80% of the questions, but I don't remember. I mean, of, of course, she's got smart lawyers advising her how to proceed in this and don't give them anything. The only substantive things she said on the stand were a bunch of nonsense, uh, like, you know, the election was stolen from Trump, uh, false flag conspiracy theories that actually the Capitol was was uh, not not attacked by Trump supporters, but rogue FBI agents and racial justice activists who dressed up as Trump supporters in order to, you know, paint the Trump supporters in a bad light. She's very, dist- very much distancing herself effectively from, uh, you know, QAnon, MAGA. Uh, and, so it doesn't and sound like there's any smoking gun evidence that she really was engaged in an insurrection. Yeah, it, it's really hard. It's such a high, uh, such a high bar that you'd have to really prove that she was, you know, in the crowd uh, or had planned it or had been the person who left the back door open uh, or, as some people have uh, made allegations, had given a tour of the Capitol to uh, people who were then involved in the insurrection. But that hard evidence for that has not come through. And, and the so, irony is insurrection is not what this thing is all about. I mean, to be you know, realistic about it, there's no way that anybody had 
any kind of rational notion that the violence on January 6 would cause the overthrow of the government. Well, it, instead, it was the attempted coup right. by Trump and his folks who were whispering in his ear, right. you can send it back to the states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though Trump knew that this couldn't happen, shouldn't happen, it would be illegal, right. he tried to do it anyway. The yeah. coup is the insurrection. The guy with the, the Norse you know, Viking helmet yeah. was not, he was just a criminal. Well, I, I disagree. I think that the, his, that form of criminality, of deciding, I'm going to commit this criminal act of, of beating up cops and knocking down doors and breaking windows and, and, and getting into the Capitol, that was to intimidate the lawmakers inside, specifically Mike Pence, in order to get him to uh, attempt to wield power he did not have to make sure that the presidential election did not proceed. So right, but just you, screaming outside the Capitol and, you know, 20,000 people chanting and demonstrating, but not actually inflicting violence, that would have an intimidating effect. Yeah. And I guess you're right. That's I mean, insurrection. To, to march in and, 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 and hang Mike Pence, I right. guess that is a form of intimidation. Yeah. But really, it's just violence and assault. It, but in my mind, it doesn't even matter that it was violence and assault. The the matter, the point was, what are you trying to influence? If they had sta- stood outside and lawfully protested and not said, uh, and, and not actually broken any windows or beat up any cops and just said, we are going to commit violence against Mike Pence if he doesn't do what we think is the right thing. That, I think, is insurrection on its own. Yeah, but, I mean, just think about it. Uh, is it really realistic that they were saying to themselves, okay, uh, we break in, uh, we uh, break a lot of glass, we hang Mike Pence, and then they look at us and say, oh, my goodness, you hung Mike Pence. Well, okay, <laughs> we're going to let Trump remain as president. No, you're right. It, obviously, we're gonna, that's We're going to attend Mike's funeral in a week. Yeah. And See, that... That's no, not the thought I think, process. I think the thought process was, we'll threaten Mike Pence. He will push the big red button that says Trump wins and maybe we won't so. have to hang May, him. Maybe so. It, it was just such a uh, it's such a strange thing to try to go after Marjorie Taylor Greene for being responsible for this. Time for our game show, Connor. Guess the verdict. Are you, uh, are you ready? I am ready. Have Born ready. Girded your loins for this? Quite. They're in a... Gird. Isn't that what game show contestants do? They gird, they gird their the ones. Yeah, I don't know if the if the gird you is never like... never know what Pat Sajak's going to try. Yeah, is it like a leather harness? Are I you am, girding? I, I have no idea. Is it like a horse's saddle? Bit of an obsolete expression, <laughs> I guess. All right, so here are the facts of a real case. You're going to guess the outcome, and uh, you get a really... Del- delightful bell sound if you get it right and you get our uh, condolences if you get bell. it wrong so ron and sherry howell of palmdale california opened a fast food restaurant connor sure well the thing uh, is, american entrepreneurs yeah but the thing is they called it murder burger right yeah that's the name of the the burger stand business was terrible i'll bet can you imagine so they sued their landlord what claiming he failed to warn them that the area around the burger joint was a haven for gang activity the landlord in response argued you know when you chose to name your restaurant murder burger i say you assumed the risk that you might attract a bad element you might not have too much business so wow this is a tough one uh, you're up there in palmdale <laughs> i uh, i tried a case years ago in palmdale i felt so bad for the 
hundreds of thousands of people streaming by car into Los Angeles from Lancaster and Palmdale headed south. Yeah, the high LA. desert is chock-a-block. Really far away from LA, but people do that commute. A lot of yeah, people well, because it's so much Prices are so much yeah. lower of, yeah. of land and so on, cost of living and so on. And I'm just steaming up to Palmdale with absolutely no, because nobody wants to go to Palmdale at 9 a.m. Yeah. On, uh, on Monday. Nobody lives Friday. in LA, but works in Palmdale. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, what do you think? Um, did uh, the landlord Lord win, yeah, this is a, I don't think a particularly wins. tough one. I think when you name your restaurant Murder Burger, you automatically torpedo any chance of you arguing, uh, making this exact specific argument that somehow uh, you did, your business did not flourish. Uh, you know, if you had just called it the best burgers in the world, then they have some sort of bizarre, tenuous argument against the landlord where he misrepresented the nature of the, the uh, area around the land. And even that is a really tenuous argument. Like you're already in bad, bad shape right. uh, to try to argue that somehow the landlord has a duty to not just lease you land and keep it safe and keep it, you know, the power and the water going or whatever. But in addition to that, uh, actually make your business succeed on the land. <laughs> but when you cherry on top, so blunder by naming your uh, the, your, your your food restaurant. Such a distasteful thing. Uh, Why would they do that? What possible explanation well, could you know, they have we're, had? We're talking about it, baby. Mill press is bad press. This is Maybe. the goal. But their their business did go out of business, so it probably is bad yeah. press. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. The landlord won. Yes. And the, the bell the bell is yours. Thank you. Thank All right. You. Final segment. Uh, stories I'd tell my friends if I had any. To clarify, I have several stories. So this week. My brush with the sexiest man alive. You're probably familiar with the People Magazine uh, uh, award. Feature. Sure. Feature. I think it's every year they decide who the sexiest man alive Honestly, is. Honestly, it's one of the most important awards given out every year. Why not? I'm yeah. sure that it's been Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig and anybody Ryan else. Ryan Gosling. Anybody else who's played James Bond and so on. Right. Um, but one year it was Mark Harmon. Now, Mark this, Harmon. Think, yeah, I think, you know, star of uh, ER and, of course, NCIS. NCIS. Amazing success. And so the deal is, um, I attended UCLA in the 1970s, and Mark Harmon and I were actually classmates. And Bill Walton was and the same And best friends. Well, well, we weren't best friends. Oh. That's kind of where I'm headed with this story. Uh, so Bill Walton was also a classmate in 1974, and of course, a tremendous success for uh, John Wooden's basketball team. But Mark Harmon uh, was no slouch himself because he was the quarterback of the UCLA basket, uh, base. Oh boy, football team. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he was a three-sport guy Probably. in high school, but uh, given the fact that his dad was Tom Harmon. Anyway, at UCLA, he was the quarterback for the football team. And so he was kind of a big man on campus, sure. needless to say. So Mark and I um, had a speech class together. Professor Waldo Phelps, the most uh, amazing, fabulous professor on campus wow. uh, in the communications department, was our professor. He was a Churchill scholar, a wonderful man. So... Here we are in the speech class, and it's a, a two-man team assignment. And Mark and I are teamed up. We have a two-man team assignment in the speech class. And what is the assignment? One of us will draft a speech, and the other will deliver the speech. So sure. we'll collaborate. We'll work yeah. on it, but one will draft, the other will I like that. deliver the speech. I like yeah. that. Good idea that, that is Professor Phelps came Great up job, with. Phelps. Yeah. So we agree that... I don't know where I got this idea, Connor, but we agree that I would write the speech about... Italian World War II dictator Benito Mussolini. Benito Mussolini. Yeah. Sure. 
And so then Mark would deliver the speech. I mean, he's a big man on campus. He's a charismatic he's got a, guy. Yeah. He beat Nebraska, who I sure. think was number one in the country at the time. So it was an amazing. Yeah. Uh, so you definitely want him delivering program. the speech so that yeah. the, the, Save him the jury is just going, oh, my goodness. He's, he's got oh. a full time job being quarterback yeah. in addition to all the crushing caseload. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, class load. Yeah. All right. So I write this speech and I'm sure it was just a fine, fine speech about sure. Benito Mussolini. Just a, just so I show up the day of the performance. Performance and I, I hand it. It's all typed up neatly, probably in plastic sheets, all double spaced. Uh-huh. I hand it to Mark, and uh, Mark looks at it for a couple of seconds, hands it back to me, and he says, "Royal, I, I'm not really comfortable speaking in public. You're going to have to deliver it." So I did. What? So now, Mark. am I bitter about the fact that here is the a guy who, who was a total uh, babe magnet on sure. campus yeah, as yeah, quarterback, yeah, yeah, of soon to be uh, deemed a sexiest man alive yeah, yeah, by yeah, yeah, yeah. All Knowing People magazine, right. married Pam Dauber, a fabulous rarity, a wonderful Hollywood uh, marriage that's lasted over the decades. Yeah. Do I have any bitterness or resentments 40, 50 years later about Mark Harmon doing this? I don't know, do you? I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to my therapist. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he is an this amazing guy. Is your therapist. He's a wonderful guy. I haven't had any contact with him, but I know people, uh, for example, a fellow who uh, builds swimming pools for a living, and he built Mark's swimming pool. And so he was over at Mark's house. And he got to see Mark in his swimsuit. Well, he got to hang out. They'd have a beer, and he said he's the most regular guy in the world. Wow, okay. Super nice guy. Not a great public speaker, but... He's a he's an amazing public speaker. He's a he's a great actor. He just felt that at that point, you know, it'd be better for Royal. You know what? You know what? I bet he probably read it and thought the speech sucked. No, and he's saying to himself, "I don't want Professor Phelps to think that I had anything to do with this piece of crap speech about Benito Mussolini." You know that's not. What other explanation could there be? He's a lazy football jock in school and thought he could push his work off. There's a defamation case: Mark Harmon versus Connor. Don't sue me, Mark. Called in in Judge Gregory Alarcon's courtroom. Maybe we've got a time machine here. We know. All right, that's it. We've exhausted ourselves. You have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time on Too Many Lawyers. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.